The HERE podcast is all about reclaiming your power and reconnecting with your mind and body. By releasing our stories and the power they have had over our lives and creating a compassionate and supportive community, we can bring love, understanding, awareness, and healing to ourselves and to all who need it most. Join me in saying, enough is enough. I own my power. I am ready for the next chapter of my life, and it will be the most amazing one yet. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Here Podcast. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Today, we have Victoria Shaw, and she is an intuitive counselor and coach and host of the Intuitive Connection Podcast. I'm really excited to have her. I wanted her to come on because... I am a huge believer in listening to your intuition, that inner voice that seems to know a lot more than your mind or what I'm logically thinking. And when I was introduced to Victoria and saw that she helps people gain a deeper understanding of themselves um, so that they can live a more joyful and deeply fulfilling life, I was like, I would love for you to be on the show. So welcome, Victoria. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I loved that introduction um, because that is very much what I like to do is help people connect with their inner wisdom so that they can live a more joyful and uh, I like to think divinely inspired life. Oh, I like that. Divinely inspired. Well, I would love, let's start because I would love to know about you. Let's start with that. Let's, I would love to know a little more about you and what brought you to be doing this work and doing what you're doing in the world. Oh, I love that question. So my background professionally was as a research psychologist. So I was studying how people think and how they reason and memory and all those good kinds of things, but I always had this deeper desire to understand the mind and psychology and consciousness and those really big questions. And eventually I just really got tired of doing research. Like it just, I loved the questions, but for me personally, the um, kind of left brain research thing was not my jam. And so I transitioned to doing some self-help writing, and I also took some time to start a family, and that was deeply rewarding for me for a really long time. But I kept just hearing in the back of my mind that there was something I was supposed to be doing, you know, more than just having a family, um, and I just didn't know what it was. And when about 15 years ago, we made a move from New York City to Connecticut, and only about 50 miles, so not, you know, a life-changing situation, but just when I got out of the city and out of all the noise and out of all the bustle and that really fast pace and started to slow down, something shifted in me. And I also at that time started to really deepen my meditation practice. So I had been practicing a little bit when we lived in the city, when I took yoga classes, but when we moved to Connecticut, I started to do that a little bit more in earnest and a little bit deeper. And as those two things kind of came together, I started to tap into my intuition and I started to realize that I had this gift. We all have it, but um, I really had it (laughs) and um, that I'd had it my whole life. And I'd just been so overwhelmed 
by all the information that was coming through, by um, just picking up on everybody else's feelings and emotions, which we can talk about. But I was just, and just by life in general, that I wasn't able to use it or leverage the great power of my inner wisdom. And so once I sort of made that discovery, everything in my life changed for me. And I really, you know, got onto a different path and a path that was guided much more by listening to my inner wisdom and allowing that to guide me, not just in doing my own personal healing work, because that was a big part for me about making that uh, intuitive knowing stronger and clearer, but also in that path forward of how I was going to use this thing and what was that thing I was supposed to be doing. And I definitely think I found it now. And um, I love using my intuition every day in my work. And I love helping other people to tap into their inner knowing and inner healing so that they can also grow and change and have magical lives. Oh, I love that magical life. That's, that's definitely, uh, that's the goal for I want for me and my family yeah. magical life and everybody. <laughs> it really is magical. And even when life isn't magical, because one of my, one of my things that I do is I'm a licensed professional counselor here in the state of Connecticut. So, you know, usually when people come to see a counselor, something is going on in their life that's not so comfortable and not so pleasant. But even in these, those moments, you know, when life is tricky, and, and certainly there's a lot of, you know, difficulty going on right now, when we can tap into that inner, inner wisdom and have that deeper connection, then even the rough stuff in life becomes more meaningful for us. And we usually find our way through it in a much more elegant and graceful and oftentimes, you know, more expeditious manner. So um, I love helping people tap into that so that they can use that power that we all have within. Oh, yes. I, when you had mentioned, um, you realized that, that the info coming through, you really started to recognize the info coming through and you were picking up on messages and people's emotions and you realized that it had been coming through all, you know, since uh, back in your past. What is yes. it that you recognized or realized um, that that info was coming through? Like, what was the info like? What, what did you experience? So there are a lot of different things. So one of the things that I kind of alluded to that's been an experience for me and many people, and probably lots of people listening to your podcast too, because when people have had any kind of traumatic experience, for example, uh, this tends to, <laughs> to happen for them. But I have the, the gift of intuitive empathy, which means that I can feel what other people are feeling like it's happening to me. And Many empaths are just very old souls, very kind, compassionate hearted people that just need to learn really good energetic boundaries because where it can be a gift when you can sort of feel what other people are feeling intuitively. So meaning it's not a guess that I make about you. You could be telling me I feel peachy keen, but if you're angry or you're frustrated, I have that ability to know what you're feeling. And when empaths are not aware of what's going on, um, it can be really confusing because they start to feel what people around them are feeling and they get confused about what's theirs and what belongs to everybody else. So imagine having this gift and, and not knowing it and living in New York City, right, where there are, you know, millions of bodies around you all the time. It, was, it can become particularly overwhelming. And so that was part of my experience because since I was a young child, I had that ability to, to pick up on the energies and feelings of people around me. And I really didn't know at all what was mine and what was my caregivers and my friends and my family members and the random people at the grocery store. 
And oftentimes what empaths do is they're like little sponges and they just soak it all up and become overwhelmed. But I also, as a child, you know, had moments of wisdom where I would just know things. And, you know, I would know things about people. I would know things about situations. It was just that kind of take on the world. And people would sometimes say like, wow, you're really insightful for a 10-year-old or you're really insightful for a 12-year-old. And I didn't really know where it was coming from and I didn't really know what it was, but I know now looking back, that was my intuition. And it was just that deeper sense of, of wisdom that I had and I could tap into and, you know, didn't even know I was doing it. Wow. That's amazing. I, I think that I'm an empath and the reason I oh, pause you definitely are an empath. <laughs> okay, the reason I pause is because I uh, I know and I struggle with this. I can feel I feel like I can feel what other people are feeling. Um, yeah. And I'll I'll even just walk into a room and they don't have to say anything and it's not they're not maybe they're just sitting there and they're not crying or outwardly emotional and I just right. feel it, it like hits me. But where I really struggle is like blocking, not blocking in a mean way, but to protect myself, because then I start to feel really drained and depressed. And like, for an example, is um, a few days ago, my husband was feeling, he was feeling down, just locked in the house. And, and, uh, and he, you know, he works really hard at his job. It's in sales. So it's up and down. And he was just feeling kind of down. But I like absorbed all of that. So even the next day, when he was way better, and he was fine, I felt still down. Right. And sometimes that happens. And sometimes we inadvertently grab, you know, the ouchy feelings from others. And, you know, they feel better, at least temporarily. They'll, they'll make more <laughs> if they want them. Um, and so you think you're doing someone a great service. But of course, you're not, because, you know, it's not good for you. And ultimately, we all need to have our own discomfort, because discomfort is something that helps us grow. But I think that is a common experience for a lot of people and a lot of kids. I have a lot of kids in my practice too, and a lot of kiddos will have that experience. And it can be really scary when you can figure, when, when the kid can intuit that something is wrong with the caregiver or something is wrong in a situation and people, you know, don't validate that for them. Um, so then you learn to, you lose touch with your feelings and you lose touch with that sense because it's not validated. It's not, it's not honored. Um, so it's really important, too, that we teach our kiddos, you know, you don't have to tell your child everything that's going on with you by any means. And you always want to share in age appropriate ways. But if you have a feeler or a really empathic, sensitive child, it's really OK to let them know, you know, mom is a little sad right now, but I'm OK and you're OK. You know, because sometimes when we deny our own feelings, that can be very confusing to a child that innately knows what's going on. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering that might have been your experience as well as a child. <laughs> But yeah. there's, there's, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I, I can absolutely identify with that. And even I do notice my daughters will come in and I don't think that I'm outwardly showing anything, but they may just look at me and go, what's wrong? Or I do yeah. that to them and my husband, they just know now. Um, yeah. I, like, I try really hard not because I want to fix it. So I try really hard not to push and give them space, but I will look and I'll be like, what's wrong? And they'll be like, nothing. And I'm like, you know that that is useless saying that to me. I know there is something <laughs> wrong. Can you please tell me when you're right. ready? <laughs> right. And that's beautiful because that last little bit you said is so important because, again, empath is not like a right to go, you know, diving in other people's emotions. You may know and, and that can tap you on the shoulder and give you that opportunity to ask if you can be of support. 
but again, you know, doesn't mean that it's, you know, I always teach empaths and my empathic kids, especially to respect everyone's boundaries, to respect your boundaries. And very most importantly, just because you can feel it does not mean it's your job to heal it. Right. So yeah, I'll say it again. That's hard one for me. Because you can feel it. Yeah. It's not your job to heal it. And in fact, even if it is your very own kid, you know, if you rush in to fix, if you rush in because you're uncomfortable, that's actually a violation of their boundaries, even though it's coming from the most loving kind place. And we've, we've all been there. So (laughs) I've been there too, because it's hard and it's, it's hard enough to see your kids suffer, you know, if you're not feeling what they're feels, but um, yeah, a lot of times too, it's just checking in and saying, Hey, you know, my little Scooby sense is activated. Are you okay? And then exactly what you said saying, let me know if I can be of assistance. And I always teach empaths too about really um, sort of tuning in and asking, you know, in each instance, when you pick up on someone else's energy, and sometimes it's just none of your business. Like I was someone that was just such an out of control feeler. I would go to the grocery store and I would, you know, be picking up like random people's emotions. And that's just really, that's not going to help anyone. I worked with a healer years and years ago. And I remember her telling me that she was like, I removed all this anger from your legs. And this is like a cool thing. I was like, really, you can remove anger from my body? Because yes, it's a fact that, you know, we, we sometimes um, store anger in different body parts. But the funny thing that she said to me is she was like, yeah, most of the, you know, you didn't even know any of these people. I spent like an hour doing this and they were all strangers. And it was just like, I know such a light bulb moment because I was just picking everything up. And, you know, when you are that out of control with that empathy, you, you might think you're, you're doing the world a favor, but you're actually weighing yourself down and you're actually disconnecting from your own source. And, and for me, until I learned to set some really good energetic boundaries, you know, I couldn't do what I love to do, which was really be of service in, in the way that I am now. And I couldn't hear my inner wisdom for myself or others, you know, in a consistent basis because I was so overwhelmed. So it's really important, first of all, to recognize a lot of times it's just not your business. And then, you know, when it is your business, when it's a child or a spouse or, you know, a good friend, you still have to kind of tune in and ask yourself, you know, you have to remember it's never your job to fix it for anybody else ever, 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 because we all have within us the resources to heal ourselves. And so as soon as we go jumping in trying to fix someone else, we just we just went into the wrong lane. But it's also important to know that, you know, to tune into your own inner wisdom and ask, you know, what is my role here? And sometimes it's it's surprising. It's not what you think. I like that. What is my role here? Yeah. That's great. And also, yeah. just because you can feel it doesn't mean you should heal it. Yeah. <laughs> and I teach that to my empathic kiddos especially um, because it can be very confusing when they sense their friends unhappy or something. And, you know, when you have that kind heart, your first thought is, I got to fix this. I got to do something about it. But oftentimes it's just information. And oftentimes it's even information that you can turn down the volume a little bit because you, you don't necessarily have to be tuned in 24 seven to 24 seven to the pains in the world. Yes, I do. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know with, with the work I do, and that is my passion, my purpose, and I love it. Some and along with it is uh, some of the episodes that I record are they're difficult and I'm listening and I'm there for them even when I'm just listening and they're sharing their stories 
And sometimes after I just, when I disconnect, I may cry or I just am so completely drained. I, I may just need to go lie down and take a nap to recharge. Um, it's just, it's, uh, it's difficult taking all of that in, but I'm happy to, and I'm sure that there are ways to be able to, I don't know, monitor, not monitor. Yeah. Maybe monitor that energy that I'm taking in so that I can be more available. I love that question. The first thing is to recognize, you know, the best thing that we can do for one another is to hold space. So what people really need when they're struggling or when they're in a place of, of trauma or telling their story, what they really need to know is that they're okay. Is that, you know, they have unconditional love, guidance, support, you know, from you um, or from whoever, and, you know, that you can hold the space for them to have their experience. And, you know, the more we can do that without judging the experience, even if it's something that's really gruesome and really terrible, again, you don't have to like it, you don't have to agree with things that happen, but, you know, when we judge our experiences, that's when we kind of get stuck. So if you can look at that experience from a place of love and a place of equanimity and know that they have everything in them and within them to heal and to thrive and to get through whatever's still going on for them, if you can start to imagine that maybe there's a deeper purpose for the crappy things that happen in life. And again, that doesn't mean that we perpetrate them or that we excuse them, but maybe we recognize even that little shred or that little kernel of truth that life happens for us and not to us. And if you can hold that truth for yourself and the person you're listening to, you are giving them a service that you don't even know, because that's really what we all need. And that's really what helps us all heal. And again, it doesn't invalidate what they're experiencing. It doesn't invalidate someone's pain to not go in it with them. But a lot of us have learned over the years that it does. And a lot of us have learned too, if you have an early trauma experience, which many, many, many people do. And it can be a big T trauma, like a serious abuse or little T traumas, like so smaller traumas, like, you know, just a caregiver that was maybe a little negligent or was a little bit yelly. Um, Sometimes what happens is you, you develop that sixth sense so that you can tune into their feelings to keep yourself safe, right? So John Holland, who's a famous, um, a really well-known psychic medium, in his memoir, he talks about growing up with alcoholic parents and or an alcoholic father, I think. And so what he talks about is he used his empathy to tune in to dad before he came home to know if, you know, if this, there was going to be a problem today. And if there was going to be a problem, you know, I needed to get my younger siblings safe. I needed to, like, barricade myself in my room. I needed to do a lot of things to stay safe. And that psychic sense helped him, but it comes at a cost. Because if we have that turned on 24-7, even when things aren't crazy and most of us in our adult lives are not in those situations anymore, um, we're just drinking up a lot of sort of negative, unhealthy energy. And we're, we're in, or if we're, you know, sending our energy to somebody else, we're draining our battery. And so it's really helpful to have those good boundaries and to remind yourself again that I can hold space for somebody and I can be a witness to what they're experiencing, but I don't have to do that with them. I got enough of my own stuff to deal with. And then, you know, take the time to deal with that.
So I work, um, I do two different things. In the state of Connecticut, I'm a licensed professional counselor. So I do, I won't say totally traditional counseling because everything with me comes with that intuitive twist, but I combine my training in psychology and counseling with that intuitive gift. And most of my clients, I have a few clients that don't know the full range of my abilities, but most of them do at this point, And that's why they seek me out. And so, you know, I will work with any kind of issue that people are having, the normal reasons that you would come to therapy. I'm feeling anxious. My, you know, my child's struggling in school. Um, I work with a lot of parents that are really trying to show up and do their best job as parents. That was my journey. A lot of my own personal development came because I didn't like the way I was showing up as a parent. And that was such an important role to me that I would do, would have done anything to be the best parent I could be. And in doing that, some other good things happen too. And it really, um, so I love working with parents too that, you know, want to use that parenting experience as part of their own personal development journey. So I do a lot of those basic kinds of things, but always with that intuitive twist. And for me, the way my intuition works is that I'm able to receive guidance for people. So in addition to being able to feel their feels and sometimes, you know, uh, read their unconscious thoughts, and, and help those come to consciousness for them, which is, I think, something that any good therapist does, whether they recognize it's their intuition or not. The other thing that I'm able to do is receive guidance for people. And so, you know, when someone comes with an issue or comes with a problem, I'm often able to help them and guide them to the exact strategies and tools and things that they need to implement in their life to heal and to reach their goals. And that's overlap with my work as a coach, too, because in my coaching work, again, it's more focused on that and just giving, providing guidance to people. It doesn't come from me. I think it comes from a higher source, um, but I'm a conduit for it, and people usually find it really helpful. What I think ultimately, I think of intuition as your spiritual GPS, right? It's your connection to your higher self or spirit or the divine or however, whatever uh, words work for you. And so when I do my work, what I think about myself as doing is holding the space where, of course, I'm providing guidance and stuff is popping out of my mouth. But I always tell my clients, what I'm really doing is giving your guidance back to you and helping you awaken this knowledge and this wisdom that's within you. It's coming out of my mouth, but it's what you are ready and here to hear. And then I also want to always empower my clients to know what comes out of my mouth, whatever that is, whether we're doing counseling or coaching or whatever, you know, I try to empower my clients to, to tune into themselves and see what resonates and see what fits. Because that is how, you know, you tune into your very own intuition. And so I think any healing or helping relationship, it's really important for the client too to know that they are always in the driver's seat. And it's really all about, awakening that inner wisdom, that inner healer within you. And that's really what I see my job as. That's amazing. A part of this inner wisdom and awakening that inner wisdom, I see with in regards to parenting. And by doing this work, by being able to tune in, not only to understand how to heal yourself, how to grow, um, how you know to follow the, your inner direction on where you're taking your life and your path. I see it so important as well to being 
to trusting that intuition. Let me see if I can get this out. To trusting your intuition <laughs> when it comes to uh, protecting your family and your children. Um, so, for example, I know when I was in my 20s, when I had my first daughter, um, I read a book called Protecting the Gift. And it also came from The Gift of Fear, which is, I believe, Gavin DeBecker. And he was a, an FBI agent who it was specific to predators and okay. explaining how you pick up on things that you might not like see or think with your mind, but you're intuition, your inner self is picking up on these things. So if you feel that something's wrong, um, but you don't act on it because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings, or maybe you're making it up or whatever the case may be, he's like, who cares? Who cares? You're never going to see this person anyways, always trust your intuition. And so I started to really do that with my children in order to protect them from possible threats or, you know, or, or not even questioning them. If my intuition is telling me that this is not a safe situation, I'm at the point now where, okay, fine, we, that I'm removing myself or my children from the situation. And I remember when I first married my husband, he, like, if I picked up on something that I didn't feel was right, he would be like, are you sure? Now he doesn't even question me. I'll be like, no, I don't, this doesn't feel right. And I, you know, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's a beautiful gift. And, I mean, you said a lot of different things. One thing <laughs> you said is a lot of kids, and we talked about this a little bit before, but they're disempowered, for two, especially girls, but all kids, you know, to hear that, you know, those vibes and those feelings that we all have. Everyone has that. It's a basic survival um, instinct, right, where you know what, what suits you and what doesn't, and you know when something is off. And, you know, we often tell parents, you know, of kids, you know, your child says, I'm not comfortable with, you know, Uncle Jeff. You listen to that. And, yes. you know, you can quietly probe and find out why. But even if it's just an off feeling, we have to have people, children have to know. I mean, you don't have to, like, swear in his face or throw something at him, you know. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to even be rude, but it's not rude to be uncomfortable. And it's not rude to protect your boundaries. If you say, I don't like the way, you know, so-and-so kisses me, then so-and-so shouldn't be kissing you. Right. And so we can empower kids by listening and validating and not you know, getting all fearful about it either. Sometimes it's just a vibe and they're just this is just not comfortable for them. But when we let kids when they're early on know that, you know, you can trust those feelings and those feelings are reasonable and that, you know, you have to trust those things first. It can be hugely transformative and hugely helpful and also of course hugely protective later in life because then they will know you know in an abusive situation but even in a situation where like they just get an off vibe about maybe being friends with someone or telling a secret to someone or all of those things they will they will have those vibes intact and they will because they will have already had a whole lifetime of of knowing that that's a thing and a gift and learning and having the language and understanding that they should honor that. So I think that that is huge. And then I think as an adult, it's also important to trust our vibes. But I think it's also important, and a lot of people ask me this question, and, you know, I have an online course. I I teach a lot, but right now I have an online course um, about activating and tapping into your intuition. And and I think I do a whole section on on what is the difference between intuition and fear. Mm. Because it can be really confusing because both of those, instinctual fear reaction, right, and intuition are both things that happen automatically and they don't happen from your mind, but they are completely different things. 
And in my experience, when I've had an intuitive warning about something, like a choice I shouldn't make or a place I shouldn't go or anything, even if it's potentially something really scary, you know, like maybe someone's going to die or something like that, it's always crystal clear and calm. It's not fear-based at all. And I think that's a really good way to often know the difference between your intuition and your fear. Usually those intuitive hits don't have a fear response at all because our higher selves don't live in a place of fear. There's no fear um, on the other side and the spirit realm where your intuition comes from. That's a human thing and a human mind thing. And so when our highest guidance is talking to us, and even if it's giving us a warning, it's usually very calm. Sometimes what can happen is if the information is something that's triggering to you, you can very quickly become activated. And so some, there are times when it's sort of hard to discern. But in general, I tell people, like, if it's your intuition, it will be calm. It won't be a repetitive thought, like something if you always, someone will say, like, I always worry about having the airplane crash. Is that my intuition? I'm like, probably not. If that's like something that you worry about 24-7, that's not how intuition works. That's probably your worries. Um, you know, oftentimes those people that say I had this feeling not to get on the plane, it's very calm. You know, they just knew in their bones, nope, not going to do it. Oh, that so, makes sense. I was going to ask, was yeah. like, what, what would be the difference? So like with fear, I would feel, uh, I would feel anxiety to have a physical response versus, oh, I, there's just this, almost like this knowing of I yeah. shouldn't do this or I yep. shouldn't go here. Okay. Okay. And it's different for everyone. So people hear intuition and experience their intuition in so many different ways. The most common one is in the body. So body sensations, like a gut feeling. So, you know, maybe you meet somebody and for the first time and you just have this weird feeling in your gut, that might be a sign that, you know, don't go forward with that relationship. Um, or you have a really expansive, excited feeling in your body that can sometimes be a sign. Again, it's usually calm excitement, not like really juiced up, but that can be a sign that maybe this is a really good opportunity. Sometimes people will have this feeling of knowing. And so it's just like this full body feeling of knowing where you just know something is the case or not the case, um, but you don't know how you know it. So the example I often use is when I was pregnant with my daughter, I knew she was a girl. I didn't think she was a girl. I didn't, I kind of wanted a boy first because I thought it'd be cool. I was an only child, but I always thought it'd be cool growing up to have an older brother. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking boy first, but whatever, I, it all worked out. Happy, happy to have my daughter too. But I just knew it was a girl. And I knew so strongly that when the ultrasound technician, you know, told, I asked, when I had that, you know, the big reveal ultrasound, I asked the technician, like, what sex is she? And, you know, he looked at me and it took me a couple moments to even realize what I said, but I just knew, I knew <laughs> it was a girl. So sometimes people have those experiences. People also tell me, you know, when they first met their spouse or they just knew this was the one, you know, I don't know why I knew, but I knew. Um, and then sometimes also people experience things that are sort of more, you know, we might call in the line of psychic kind of experiences. Like you might um, hear, hear a message in your head or see, a, you know, see something. Um, oftentimes we see things in our mind's eye. So, you know, you might have an imagery or something like that or a flash of something that could happen or some information. So we all experience our intuition differently. But again, you know, it's usually pretty direct. It's usually pretty clear. 
And um, you usually know when it's happening. It's just that, again, we're not really um, taught to tune into it. So a lot of times you get that intuitive hit and then you just think over it. And, you know, thought and intuition are not always the bestest of friends. Oh, that is so true. I love yeah. how you encourage and uh, I'm, I'm going to do this even more. And I think everybody should encourage parents to um, inspire children to listen to their intuition and honor how they're feeling. Um, because I can think of this time we were on vacation with my, she was five at the time. So we were on vacation with my five-year-old and there was this family that came and sat by the us and they were being really nice. They were talking to us about all the stuff you can do, but there was something I just, I felt, you know, I wasn't like scared or anything like you were mentioning. I just felt right. it I don't know that I should be careful. And there was the the mom, the dad and the two um, teens. And then she she was telling me, oh, my teen daughter, she's a nanny, blah, blah, blah. And so then she gets into the pool and is like, hey, I also teach swim lessons. I could teach you to swim. And my little one wanted nothing to do with her at all. Right. However, the day before there was this lady in the pool and my daughter was literally like, playing and when we left she was like I love you and there was like Aww. she felt like she just knew that that was okay in this situation she was wary well I mean I don't know because then we went inside but shortly after that this woman was trying to convince me that her daughter would babysit my daughter so me and my husband can have a night alone on the town and I was right. like okay well this is very very creepy but my daughter it's just like she just knew Right. She just knew. And for for a parent to say, OK, if you don't, because when she, she was like, no, I don't want to. She looked at me and she was like, like I don't want to like have swim. And I was like, she just doesn't feel like it. She doesn't want to swim. Yeah. So, you know, and I didn't go, no, stop it. Go. That's nice. Don't be mean to the lady. Right. Yeah. And it's not mean, of course, to set a boundary and say no. Right. No, is, it's it's a very helpful world word in life and we all need to know when we need to say it and that when we can say it and you can say it nicely you can teach a child to say no thank you for example yeah um i don't feel like that right now but again honoring their feelings and know that saying no and setting that boundary is completely appropriate and when kids start to have that faith in themselves and their own vibes and their own feelings you know it can help in a bunch of ways it can definitely help them prevent abusive situations and and but it can also help in just everyday life. I work with so many middle school girls that haven't learned that lesson and really sort of lose themselves in those social relationships because they don't know how to stand up for themselves because they don't trust that they can honor their own feelings yes. or they've been taught. A lot of teachers teach kids that all the, everyone has to be friends. And I always, they get to middle school and they're like, I don't want to be friends with so-and-so. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to be friends with anyone you, you don't want to be friends with. Just be nice. Yeah. When you are dealing with people that have experienced trauma, can this work of understanding your intuition and your inner voice help to heal that past trauma that you've experienced? And if so, how does how does that work? It can work in a, in a bunch of different ways. For one thing, sometimes, especially people that have had, you know, very sudden or abrupt traumas, you know, um, as opposed to like a traumatic childhood or those kinds of things, 
sometimes maybe they had a moment where they, they knew something was off and they went and they did it anyway. And sometimes that can contribute to that sense of it's my fault. I should have known. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important, first of all, to work through that and to recognize, again, it's never your fault when someone else does something, you know, steps over a boundary. And it's great to honor that intuition and say, you did know, and you'll know again next time, right? Because now you know what to listen for. Because I often teach, too, that those times when we knew, we heard our intuition and we didn't listen are the most powerful teachers, because that's, that's when you know for sure it was real. So, you know, the yeah. so one thing I do is help people kind of go back and say, yeah, but you did know. And next time it won't happen again, because you'll listen, because now you know what it sounds like. So that's, that's one way in which we can use our intuition. And then the other way is, and again, not everyone's ready for this, and I never force this down anyone's throat because, you know, the healing journey is unique and we are all in our own place and wherever you are in that journey is perfect for you. But sometimes we get to a place when we're really ready to let go of some of that baggage and we're really starting ready to, you know, find the deeper meaning in life's experiences for us. And intuition can help you with that, too, um, because it can start to um, show you, you know, what you as a, and I think of us all as spirits in physical form, and I think that we come to earth in this human mess, <laughs> whatever it is, and, and I think we do it for our learning, for our development, and also for our joy, because I think our spirits enjoy this more than we do sometimes, um, but it can help you find that deeper meaning and what, you know, what did my, my soul want to get out of this experience? Cause I really believe that things happen for us and not to us. And so even the most horrific things, and again, I would never want to step on anybody else's experience or trauma or any of that. Um, but there oftentimes when you, when you are ready and able to find that deeper meaning in those experiences, it is the deepest form of healing. Oh yes. That yeah. is so and even, true. Yeah. And even when you're not, you know, the intuitive piece helps me and it also helps, you know, the client figure out where they do need to go next and what will help them next and what will, you know, and sometimes too, when you are working through something and you start to hear your own guidance through it, it will heal you. It will show you what you needed to hear that you didn't hear then, what you need to do now to help yourself feel better. I mean, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving and it gives in many different ways. You know what? You're absolutely right. Well, you know that you're right because this is your work. But when you were talking, <laughs> I was thinking um, there was just from everything growing up, uh, I would struggle a lot with trusting myself, my intuition, feeling confident enough, like, I do deserve to follow this passion or this idea. I would always think, oh, you're not going to succeed in that. That's a silly idea. And ever since really listening to, and this was this year, so I'm 43. So can, it, you can start at any time. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I started really listening into what is it that my, I call it the inner whisper, is, to, is telling me to do. And it was this work that I do. And I was scared and people would tell me, oh, I don't know. It's it, it might be too intense for people. And I was telling myself that. And whenever I would start to focus on other things, I felt physically uncomfortable. Like I noticed I felt frustrated more and agitated more. And so then ever since I started leaning into this full time focusing and really feeling confident about, nope, this is what I'm here to do. And this is what I'm doing. And the people that that um, agree and support this, they will find me. 
I started to feel more confident in general in myself and how I show up in the world, um, how I show up as a mother and a friend and a wife. And it just happened just by me really honoring my inner whisper. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I love that term, inner whisper. It's so beautiful because it is. It's such a subtle, quiet voice. But when you start to live your life guided by it, everything changes. And a lot of the old stuff and the old belief patterns and the old, I can't, it falls away because if you just keep listening to the inner wisdom, you know, that, that voice of doubt can talk, 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 but it becomes irrelevant, (laughs) right? Because you're not listening, you're not listening to your thoughts anymore. They can just, they can just talk away. You're just following, following the joy and following, you know, the threads of what your, your self, highest self really wants to do. And I think, too, you said, you know, living in your authentic self and, you know, being who you are is so important here. And sometimes we, we have these ideas of, of that as, I don't know, like some lofty goal. But really, when you're listening to your intuition and really allowing yourself to follow those breadcrumbs of that, that inner whisper, um, you can't help but become more authentic and live more, you know, aligned with who you really are. And that is also a beautiful thing because we each come to earth with this beautiful um, energy and spirit and perspective that we want to share with the world. And then we get to earth and there's just so many people tell, there's so many shoulds and so many people telling us, no, you got to do that. You got to think this and you can't do that. And when we can go back and reconnect with, you know, our, our authenticity and our authentic selves, then we get to share our gifts. And it's fun and it's joyous and it's amazing, but it's also, you know, the greatest gift that you can give to the world. Yes. And I, you said something that I want to repeat because it's re- it well, everything you're saying is really important. And this in particular, I know a lot of my guests and my audience struggle with, and it is that shame and guilt that we hold around, I should have known or why didn't I respond a certain way? And especially the first time we share our stories and somebody says, well, why didn't you say something? Or why didn't you do this? And you had said here, and I thought this was so empowering. You know what? You're right. You did know, but that's okay. That is empowering because the fact that you did know is so empowering because the next time If something like that happened, or if you recognize something like that happening to a loved one in your life, you will, you will know how to react. You will, you will be able to recognize it. Absolutely. And when we're here on earth, we learn from experience and, you know, some of the experiences are not so grand. And we also have that tendency to personalize everything and make everything our fault or about us or for some people about the other guy. Um, or a mixture of those two things. But um, yeah, really life is happening for you. And I really think that the greatest journey of, you know, for each of us is to come back to that place where we know that we are whole and well, and beautiful and divine and lovable and enough. And um, sometimes it takes some difficulty for us to get there. But it's been true since the moment you were born, and it will be true at the moment that you die. And the more you can recognize it in the points in between, 
the more you will enjoy your life, but more importantly, the more you'll be doing the thing that your soul wants you to do while you're here. Oh, doing the thing your soul wants you to do while you're here. I love that. But again, it's, it's a process and, yeah. you know, we all fall in and out of that, that knowing uh, throughout our experiences. Tell us about your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, sure. So um, the podcast is an example. It's similar to your story of listening to my intuition because I'm a writer and um, wrote some books in the past and I've always seen myself as, as being a writer. And in fact, one of the reasons I went into academia was because I wanted to write popular psychology books. Um, and I was thinking I'm at this point in my career where I'm really ready to sit down and write and share, you know, the 10 years of experience that I have with, you know, in the work that I've done with the world. And every time I would sit down to write, nothing was happening. And it was getting really frustrating. I'm like, but I know it's the time I feel it. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to share. And what was happening instead was words were coming out of my mouth and I was going through walk, going for walks with a tape recorder and all this amazing stuff was coming out and I'm thinking, well, maybe I, I don't usually work this way, but maybe I'm supposed to transcribe it. So I, I tried to transcribe it. That didn't work. And then finally, light bulb moment, I was like, maybe right now I'm not supposed to write, but, you know, I'm being guided to speak. And, and so the podcast was born. So the podcast is a lot of the wisdom and teachings that I've had that I share with my clients over the years about how to connect with, it's called intuitive connection. So how to connect with your inner wisdom, but also a lot of the wisdom and guidance that I receive for my own spiritual support team, so to speak about topics like spirituality and boundaries and um, perfectionism and all the kinds of um, things that we all struggle with from that deeper perspective. So my goal is to help people tap into their own inner wisdom and also to, you know, tap them on the shoulders about understanding topics from a deeper perspective. And then I also have had the amazing um, gift to connect with so many amazing folks that are also working their intuition and all sorts of different practices and ways of life. So most, most of the people so far I have interviewed our healers and helpers and coaches, but um, I have some book authors, so just different people that are using their intuition in their lives that can serve for an example for all of us about all the different ways that you can tap into your own inner wisdom. I love that. I love podcasting. It's so it's true. So I had a very, a very similar experience as yours is my whole life. I thought, oh, I'm going to write this book. I loved my Angelou. I thought that's the way to make the biggest impact on the world is to write a book. And I have a lot of pieces written, but I, well, oh, I, I never had that push, that fire to sit right. down and crank out a book. But I knew that I, I wanted to share this story. And so when I discovered podcasting, it just, it just opened up my heart. I was like, this is it. And there's such a cool thing, like you just mentioned about podcasting. And the reason I'm saying this is because if there's people out there who are like, oh, I, I want to write the, definitely write the book. But if you're struggling, oh, yeah. if you find I'm that, because I'm going to write a book. Yeah, me just too. Now. <laughs> yes. I still have a couple of different ideas of books I want to write. But if you're out there and you're like, oh, I, I feel stuck in not finishing this book or telling the story, maybe podcasting is is the way to Absolutely. go and the way you can connect and just have conversations with so many different types of people yeah. it's truly a gift i'm having a blast 
And it's so much fun. And I think it's just, you know, we're all called in different ways. And sometimes your mind will tell you, well, you know, I've already written books and this is what I, you know, I, I'm supposed to do. And sometimes, you know, your intuition has a much better plan. And the more we can listen to that, the more things line up. And I'm so grateful that I did this because I'm having so much fun. Yes. That is wonderful. I yeah. loved, loved talking with you today. And I want to make sure first that people know where to find you. So where can people go? And I'll make sure everything that you share I have in the show notes and I have on my site so that people can find you. But Oh, thank you. Awesome. So the best way to find me, um, I do individual sessions with people all over the world for coaching and then counseling here in Connecticut. And I also have an online class that I just launched about activating your intuition, which is a really cool self-paced online class um, that kind of distills my 10 years of teaching. So that's a really cool opportunity. And you can find both of those resources on my website, which is victoriashawintuitive.com. I also, and I do teach um, remote classes. I don't think I have anything coming up, but I love teaching. And I've loved, uh, one of the, the things that I've loved about the situation is it's gotten me teaching on Zoom, which is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. so that's something I'm definitely going to continue. Um, I, I will be happy to teach, you know, in-person classes again, too. But the Zoom classes, they're amazing. Yeah. And I also um, am active on Facebook, Um Victoria Shaw Intuitive Counseling and on Instagram, Victoria Shaw Intuitive. And I post a lot of information and wisdom and blogging and all sorts of fun stuff there. And then, of course, the podcast Intuitive Connection with Victoria Shaw is on all the major platforms and also on my website. Yeah, you are. I was looking around at your website and I also follow you on Facebook and Instagram. And you do put a lot of information and content out into the world. So it's just really awesome the, the work you're doing and how you are helping people to heal and live their best lives. It's awesome. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. I would love to know uh, before we part ways for today. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I think the last thing I'd like to share is that, you know, the voice of your inner wisdom, you all have it. Everybody has it. I, there's no one who is not at some point in their life had an experience where they knew something intuitively. And whether you listen to it or not, it's been there. It's your birthright. Sometimes the voice of your intuition is really, really subtle. And so we have to really quiet the mind so that we can tune in. But it's always there. And at least it's been my experience and the experience of many of my clients that the more we start to listen to that inner wisdom, the more you can change and transform positively every aspect of your life. And um, it's really a magical gift. So I just, you know, welcome. I just um, invite everybody to know that it's there for you at any time and that, um, you know, the universe supports you and that is your lifeline and your guidance to living your best and brightest life. Oh, thank you so much, Victoria, for everything you shared today. I'm so happy I know you and that I got to speak with you and that you were willing to share all of this information with with my audience, the, with my community, and just thank you so very much. 
Thank you. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Likewise. Thank you. I hope our paths will cross again. Oh, definitely. We'll make sure of it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 